You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who trained together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Luna. Hey, Shannon. So today we are talking about forgiveness. Oh boy. I think this is such a good topic. I can't remember how we sort of came up with it. I think it's on one of our lists, but it just seems so right this week. And as I've been thinking about it, I'm really surprised by how many layers there are. Like the more Mm -hmm. I thought about this, the more I was like, Ooh, you got to keep going back. Like go a step back, go a step back, go a step back. I, I, It's interesting. I never really thought how much about forgiveness is, um, it requires so many different pieces of us. Oh yeah. You're so right. And, you know, as I was thinking about, you know, as talking about this, I realized a lot of my practice is talking about forgiveness Mm. in one way or another, whether it's forgiveness of people in our family, friends, or ourself, I am constantly talking about forgiveness, whether we should forgive, what happens if we don't, how do we know when is the right time, the fear behind it, Mm -hmm. and the pain behind it. It's, It's not an easy topic. No, it's really not. I think that, um, what you're bringing up is that like, it takes all this, it's like doing calculus almost, right? (laughs) Like we can't do forgiveness or it's very difficult to do forgiveness unless we've already gone through like algebra and trigonometry first. Like we have a lot of work to do to build up to forgiveness. 100%. And I'm excited to see what cards come out today. I already kind of pulled some cards that were going to help guide the, I almost said session. I always, I tend to call our episodes <laughs> sessions because they, they feel so therapeutic. Um, and I'm really excited about what came out, but I'm also excited to see what comes out now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so it's do you different. Pull? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it is different yeah. once we start talking, which I think is so fun. Yeah. All right. What deck are you using? I went for Golden Art Nouveau today. I figured let's nice. keep it old school. You know, I'm I'm still on my Tarot Vintage kick. It's 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 my my deck. I don't know. Like I I did pull for the symposium this morning. The uh the prompt of why, like why do you keep going back to like the same fear or worry? So spoiler, you're getting one of our daily prompts. <laughs> um, people who are listening, and I I was like, you know what? I'm gonna pull from the Field Tarot this morning. So I did use a new deck at least um, inside the symposium. So, but I don't know. There's something about Tarot Vintage and the podcast. I just feel like they belong together these days. I think that makes sense. You know, I feel like I, you know, I always have my, um, my Rider Waite Smith deck laid out as sort of like my go-tos, like when I'm looking for cards, I think there's something about using the traditional cards as sort of a, a grounding space. And then it's fun to Mm -hmm. use a different deck sometimes, but there's something about using the traditional cards that is, I don't know, for me helpful. Oh yeah. I think that's where I'm at lately too. Okay. So what did you pull? I pulled uh, the Hermit Reversed, um, which I'm not surprised because the other, how many cards did I pull prior? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I had pulled seven other cards prior to us hopping on here and three of them were also reversed. So this is the, <laughs> the fourth reversed card that I'm pulling. And actually the 
a third major arcana that I've, I've pulled reversed. So that'll be interesting to talk about. <laughs> what did you pull? No big whoop. No big whoop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hate the what I pulled because it's just, really? I'm so annoyed. <laughs> what did you pull? I pulled um, eight of swords. Oh, that card came out for me in one of my like preparation. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to talk about that. See, I think I'm uh, annoyed just because it feels like it feels like first step, and I kind of mm. want to talk about fifth step. But all right, all right, calm down, Luna. Like we can talk about first step first. Right before, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm gonna save. I pulled one card as we were sort of prepping, which I think I'll probably come back to. But I'll play the game the right way and say we can start with Eight of Swords. And it's interesting that you think that's first step because the way I'm looking at eight of swords is totally different. So I think we might have a neat conversation with that. Interesting. How are you looking at it? So, you know, mm, we're really getting into the episode now. (laughs) Um, You know, there's this level of forgiveness. There's this kind of layer because you were talking about how uh, forgiveness can be really complicated. And and when I was looking at eight of swords, so I had pulled these other cards and eight of swords was the one that I looked at last. I mean, like right before we hopped on, I'm like, I don't know what I want to say about this. I'm just looking at it. And I feel like it's causing me anxiety right now because I don't know what it means for forgiveness. And then I was like, oh, wait, the card's kind of giving off these. So I, I paid attention to the image. It's giving off this vibe of like someone who's set up an elaborate scheme or obstacle for someone to navigate in order to gain forgiveness. So I feel like the person in Mm -hmm. this card that has, you know, that is bound and is in between these swords is the one who maybe has been betrayed or hurt. Mm -hmm. And now they're saying, okay, in order for me to forgive you, you have to zigzag through these (laughs) sharp swords and navigate these, these slippery rocks and, and puddles and take off my blindfold uh, untie me with, you know, a hand, one hand behind your back type of thing mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and confess your devotion to me. And then, then, then maybe I'll forgive you, which, you know, at that point, I don't know if you're any better than the person seeking your forgiveness. So it's, for me, this card is almost like a manipulation card in terms of, of forgiveness, because it's very much, at least how I'm interpreting the imagery and the way I'm, I'm personally feeling about the card. Um, I feel like there's this like power and control at at play and um, between both parties, the person who feels like they've been wronged or betrayed in some way. And then the person who's uh, asking for forgiveness. Oh my God. Like 20 things. That's so interesting. Like really interesting what you just said. So I think that as I talk, was thinking about forgiveness getting into this, I was really thinking about how there's sort of different versions of forgiveness. Um, yeah. You know, like there is and a, a fundamental is, is this forgiveness about me repairing a relationship or is this mm-hmm. a forgiveness about me letting go? I mean, forgiveness ultimately is about letting go no matter what. It's about sort of moving mm-hmm. forward. And Eight of yeah. Swords is like definitely not moving forward. It's remaining stuck in this moment of, um, being victimized or being hurt. And I I think that that's one of these key elements, like what you're just describing here is the, the revenge fantasy. Yeah. And that revenge fantasy, I think we have to look at, like, are you wanting this to be repaired 
or do you want peace? And I, I think it's mm. okay to say, I want it to be repaired. Um, and I want peace, but sometimes the way to get peace is not by repairing the relationship, but still forgiving. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much there, like with just within this card alone, I feel like this is one of those cards where we have talked about a topic and now we've, we've pulled this just one card mm -hmm. and we could probably have uh, a whole discussion just on, on this card. And I think there's, um, I think there's a misconception that forgiveness will, will magically repair what's been broken. Right. And I think that we do, you know, I think maybe even the research that exists out there is telling us, oh, you have to forgive because then, you know, you'll feel better and mm -hmm. forgiveness is for you. And, you know, that's, it's not always the case. Sometimes, sometimes we can't forgive and that's also okay, depending on the, the circumstances you're in. And uh, I, I have two cards I want to talk about in terms of that, but I want to go back to the hermit reverse that I, I pulled because I think there's a layer of this kind of like loneliness and isolation that exists in, in yeah. this hermit being reversed because I think there's a fear of judgment that is also inherent in forgiveness, either when we forgive or when we don't forgive. So there's this like potential, I'm thinking of last week's episode too, about um, embarrassment and mm. not being this fear of not being accepted by your peers. And I think that also exists in to a certain extent with forgiveness, because if, you know, if we choose to forgive or if we choose not to forgive, there is this potential of not being accepted by the people around us, whether it's like our family, oh, our sure. friends or society. Yeah. And, you know, then it's like, not only do we experience fear of this like outside perspective, there's also this like internal sense of like rejection and, and deep like emotional isolation that we experience when someone hurts us. So I feel like the hermit reversed is, is really expressing like the, the isolation and like fear of being rejected by society. But then it's also representing that intense loneliness that we can feel when someone has hurt us. So it's speaking both to that like internal struggle and then also the external struggle of deciding whether or not we should forgive someone based on kind of the, the outcome it creates. So interesting. And that boy, that hermit reverse is, is really yeah. great. The way you just talked about that is so, so good. I hadn't even thought about sort of the social norms about it, but it's true. I mean, it's mm -hmm. very hard. I'm sure you've had conversations and I've had conversations with people typically in a romantic relationship where their partner has done something that their friends really yeah. don't like. And there's sort of this struggle of, I'm not sure what the right thing to do here is, but I'm getting a lot of sort of mixed messages. Do I want to like hang in there with my relationship or do I need to set a boundary? Mm. And those conversations are brutal. And that feeling of isolation, I think that it does touch a little bit on last week's episode because it does have to do with this sensation of, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. And also... Um, I feel utterly like I'm outside the social norm. Something has happened to me that shouldn't have happened to me. I am angry mm -hmm. and I am embarrassed and I need it to be righted. And everyone else is moving on with their lives and I don't know what to do. And now here I am standing in this circle of swords, all bound up in this pretty ribbon. Oh, that's powerful. So, oh gosh, I love the way you just described that because I'm, it, it brings me back to these two cards that I had also pulled and I'm putting them together now. I pulled seven of wands and queen of cups. 
And I'm actually kind of excited that the Queen of Cups showed up because I feel like I never pull queens on, on the episode for on our episodes for some reason. But I think having this Seven of Wands and Queen of Cups together is important. And then I guess I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Eight of Wands in there as well because I think the Eight of Wands and the or I'm sorry, Eight of Swords and Seven of Wands kind of play together yeah. too because it could be this internal <laughs> battle of protection that you're you're experiencing with yourself even while you're kind of bound and tied you're in your head fighting off you know all of these these people or ideas or thoughts or what if situations based on whether you forgive someone or you don't or coming up with all these scenarios that you have to protect yourself from if you do forgive someone, what if they hurt me again? Mm -hmm. And what if I'm, I'm not prepared to protect myself? And I think the concept of forgiveness, and this brings in the queen of cups, is kind of like acknowledging that you are someone who is capable of being hurt. And I think that's why forgiveness is so difficult for a lot of us, because we don't want to acknowledge that necessarily that we have been hurt in some way, I guess it can go both ways. Some people are like, no, you've hurt me so much. You don't deserve my forgiveness. Right. right. And then there are some people who are like, I'm not going to forgive you. I'm just going to walk away because I don't want you to know that you've hurt me. So mm. I think the queen of cups kind of like exists in, in both of these spaces, being able to understand why you're either one way or the other, because one is, one is very rigid. One is very loose. So at the end of the day, though, if you think about it, both of these perspectives delay our ability to move forward. Each one of them keeps us stuck. So I think trying to figure out, okay, what happens if we're vulnerable and forgive? Are we going to take some of our control back or do we feel like we're giving control away? Love how you just said that. And I, I love these two cards right next to each other. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of handling them slightly differently. Something I've been saying, boy, like I must've said this four or five times this week in session, um, is okay. Let's just pause and zoom out. Yeah. Right. And I think that when we're dealing with, um, a, a, a situation that might need forgiveness or, you know, where we're considering forgiveness, I think we really have to zoom out about like, but what's the end goal or what's the most right. important thing. And I think that these two feel like a choice to me. Like yes. what's, what's important? Is it important? Are you trying to protect yourself, which is seven of wands, or are you trying to have some emotional regulation and peace, which mm. I would see as queen of cups. And I think we can combine them and say, we can do both, but you have to be thoughtful about how you want to do it. And that's where like the word yeah. forgiveness, I think often you said this earlier, and I think it's very true. We think forgiveness has something to do with like, that means that we accept what happened or, uh, that's not exactly what I'm trying to say that we then mm -hmm. let the person off the hook kind of. Right. And I think that there is a way, there's this different type of forgiveness. We almost need a different word. There's sort of forgiveness like, I will allow you back in my life. And then there is this more personal level of forgiveness of, I am going to, in my heart, forgive this. But that mm. person's not allowed near me again. Yeah, I think what you're talking about, I love that it's kind of going in this direction, <laughs> is this idea of radical acceptance. Yes. And, you know, I think... You know, I, you can look at forgiveness and the concept of radical accept, radical acceptance as coexisting in the same place. And because radical acceptance is not 
it's not necessarily forgiving and it's definitely not condoning bad behavior. Mm -hmm. It's just accepting that the bad thing happened Mm -hmm. or, you know, that the betrayal happened or someone hurt you and that there's nothing that can undo it. Like that's the whole concept behind radical acceptance. It's not saying, oh, I forgive you. You did this thing. It's saying this thing happened. And this goes back to what you were just saying a second ago about now you have a choice. You can be eight of swords and stay in that same place and continue to re-experience the pain and betrayal and and just be uh, paralyzed in what you think is self-preservation. Or you can acknowledge and accept that you have no way of changing what happened, but you do have the power to change what could happen moving forward. And I think that's where Queen of Cups comes into being this ruler of emotions and saying, okay, yeah, this hurts. Do you want to stay in the hurt? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to say this hurt me? but I don't want to feel this all the time anymore. So what do I do about it? Right. I think that's so well said. And that's where forgiveness becomes a powerful tool. And people do not, I mean, I said this to a client last week, I sort of broached this idea of forgiveness and, you know, it's really challenging. That's why I say it's calculus, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, Because when you suggest, I mean, really, it's such a powerful tool, but people don't want to go there. I mean, it is intense mental gymnastics to get there. If you are sort of saying, this hurt was so bad, it has left a pretty big wound, you know, and I want it to heal, but there's going to be a scar. Okay. And do I want, do I want to allow myself to go there? It's very scary. And there's a lot of, but that person doesn't deserve it. I mean, like, let's go to the justice card, Mm -hmm. right? Justice card needs to show up here. We want, we we kind of believe that if we go to a place of forgiveness, which we would do completely for ourselves, by the way, the reason to forgive fundamentally is so you have peace. But there's kind Mm -hmm. of a worry that if I forgive, then justice isn't being served and I'm no longer safe. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's kind of, when you really do it, you see that that's not true, but boy, it feels true. I, yeah, I, I can't believe I didn't think of the justice card. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right. I mean, we can justice and judgment, I suppose. Mm. Uh, I'm bringing up temperance reverse now too. This is one of the other major arcana cards that mm. popped up reversed. And I think it, I think it kind of blends nicely with you talking about justice because reverse temperance is about, uh, you know, discord, the sense of imbalance. And I personally, I don't like the temperance card. It's not that I, it's not that I don't like it. I have a hard time with it. Upright, it really gives me a lot of anxiety (laughs) because I feel like there's this, like it embodies the sense of perfection or there's like this expectation attached to it for me. And again, this is just my personal, how I experience the card. So I think it's showing up in reverse kind of humanizes it. And I think it's talking about how often when we are in the position of having to forgive someone, it's also important to figure out or analyze what sort of expectations we had about that person. Because I think it's easy for us to expect specific behavior from people. And then when they don't exhibit that specific behavior we're expecting, we get really upset, we get really hurt. But then we have to look at back and say, okay, well, what role did I play in this? Because I think when we have these expectations, we're also denying people just like the the fundamental experience of screwing things up every once in a while. And, you know, of course I'm talking about, you know, 
relatively minor screw ups. I'm not talking about like really horrible things that that can happen to people. I'm talking about, you know, someone withholds information from you or, um, you know, wasn't completely for just forthcoming about something. So maybe our expectation of that person was they're always going to be 100% transparent with me. And that's the narrative that you've assigned to them. And now you're heartbroken because you had this expectation that they couldn't live up to. Sammy, I think you're getting into such a, an interesting territory. And again, it shows how complicated when, when we talk about forgiveness, how complicated forgiveness is, because it's, it covers such a wide spectrum. I mean, yeah. anyone who's listening to this could have an experience that they're thinking of and it could right. range so dramatically, right? Like, yeah. is it like, am I mad at my best friend for not inviting, not giving me a plus one to her wedding, right? right? Like, or is it somebody create, like had an act of violence against me? Right. And or like somebody like murdered my brother, you know, like there's right. like, wow, there's a, it's huge, a wide range, there's a wide yeah. range. And so for you and I to have this conversation about, let's talk about forgiveness. Right. It really does have to do with case by case. And I think we do have to think about what are my expect expectations for the other person, for myself, what is right, what is just, all of that gets mixed into this. So uh, like it just gets really complicated. I'm actually thinking about um, seven of cups here mm. with what you were just saying about our expectations for others. And I think that that's a very fair point in some cases. I mean, there are, yeah. I'm going to go back to a romantic relationship again and sort of say, all right, so there are some cases in which there is a rupture in a romantic relationship, but yeah. But sometimes it's like you got betrayed, but at the same time, is that because you thought you were in a different relationship than what the yes. other person thought they were in? Or did right. that person sort of show you who they were and you turned a blind eye? And so was that fantasy? Was just that just kind of pie in the sky, your expectations? At the same time, that's not a fair question to ask if you're talking to somebody who has to sort of do some forgiveness work or perhaps is considering doing forgiveness work around their parent, because it's mm -hmm. not reasonable for me to expect a child to have expectations of their parent any different than what would be appropriate for a child to have. But nevertheless, right. often parents let us down. Yeah, I mean, now... I mean, I feel like this is getting into another reverse card. I pulled as two of cups oh, because yeah. I think, you know, I think what's usually m most painful. And again, I guess this is going back to experiences can range, but sometimes the most painful experiences we have about forgiveness involve the people who we are so like just deeply connected to. So it makes sense that this two of cups reverse came up because it's like, okay, we had this working relationship in some way. There was some sort of unwritten rule. There's unwritten rules and families and relationships, um, you know, platonic relationships, professional relationships that can get really messy <laughs> because we feel like they're unwritten. So we, we have this assumption, right? That like, oh, so-and-so is going to follow this rule because that's how I view relationships, but maybe they don't view relationships that way. And so they don't follow the rule. And now you're left heartbroken because, you know, two of cups is reversed. And now there's all of this tension and you feel rejected and you're not sure how to move forward together now because you feel like there's been such a deep betrayal. I mean, I think that that, uh, yes. And again, this is why forgiveness is so complicated because 
there, there are parts of like, do I need to claim parts of this? And in some cases, it's really not your fault at all. Like this was something that was actively done to you. It was an act of utter betrayal or evil, or maybe you don't have a relationship and you know, like maybe it was just like an act of evil in the world. And that's where I want to go to eight of cups. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that I, I really like eight of cups. I don't talk about it very much. And it's one of the cards that could mean a whole bunch of different things. My primary reaction to eight of cups is one of saying this is earthly stuff and this is not in alignment with who I want to be. Mm. Almost like the same way I see judgment card. So when we talk about the idea of forgiveness, this is where it's not about that reverse two of cups is forgiveness in terms of relationship repair. I tend to think of forgiveness more in terms of personal repair in terms of healing, Mm. in terms of how do I find peace and walk away from these really full emotional cups and say, I I choose something else. I think this goes back to radical acceptance. Mm -hmm. It does. And it's interesting that, yeah, it's interesting that this, that concept of radical acceptance and forgiveness are just showing up so much in this conversation, but it makes sense because, you know, I love that you you brought up eight of cups because I feel like eight of cups right now represents choice. Like you can choose to stay here and continue trying to manipulate these cups and figure out how to stack them neatly or, you know, rearrange them. Mm -hmm. Or you can choose to say, okay, these cups are stacked the way they are stacked. Uh, There's nothing more I can do here. Staying here doesn't serve me. Um, I'm going to leave them as they are and and walk off and find something else to do or leave altogether. But it, I don't know, it kind of makes me, I'm going back to something you said a few minutes ago, how you almost wish there was another word to use. And I feel like now I'm wondering, even just in my, my sessions and I'm sitting here reflecting going, man, there are several sessions that I wish I could go back to now and almost reframe the word forgiveness and bring in radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. This is you know, it's something I talk about a lot, but I haven't really thought about it in terms of forgiveness. And I feel like it could be really helpful to a lot of my clients that I've had this conversation with, because, you know, if we removed the the narrative that we as a society have around forgiveness altogether and replaced it with radical acceptance, God, I feel like a lot would change. Yeah. You know, we would suddenly feel empowered. I feel like there's... I feel like with forgiveness, a lot of us almost feel like we're giving in. Yes. And yeah. we don't, yeah, we don't want to give in. Right. And I think that that's where we need to redefine the word, or I, I like your, yeah. <laughs> we're going to give it another word. I think that that's where it's misunderstood. I think when you're really talking about true forgiveness, it doesn't mean, okay, I forgive you. It doesn't have to mean right. that. It's an internal process. It's saying, I'm not going to let that hurt me anymore. Yeah. You know, and now I'm thinking, (laughs) but what do you do? Because there is that like belief that like, oh, forgiveness is always for you. It's not for the other person. But what happens when someone is saying, do you forgive me? Please forgive me. Like, what do you do in that moment? You know, because that happens to a lot of people when you're, you feel almost like backed into a corner and you're like, uh, what am I supposed to do? This person keeps saying, do you forgive me? Do you forgive me? Or please forgive me. Because oftentimes we will just give in and say, okay, yes, I forgive you, even if we weren't ready to forgive. And 
God, when you do that, then it leads to resentment and shame. And then this like unhealthy cycle is just perpetuated. You know, I was thinking about this as I was um, driving home today. And I was thinking so much about times in my life where forgiveness has uh, been a tool I have used Mm -hmm. and how important learning boundaries has become a really critical part of learning how to forgive because without having those two tools side by side, it doesn't work particularly well. So if you have somebody saying like, please forgive me, please forgive me, please forgive me. The person is violating you again. And so what you can do is sort of take a step back and say, okay, I still have the capacity to forgive this person. If I do so, I'm doing it from a place of radical acceptance. And I'm doing that for myself to give myself peace and to be the kind of person I want to be in the world. I don't want this Mm -hmm. poison inside of me. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I have to cater to this person's needs. A card that I was thinking about when we first decided to do this topic was the strength card. Because Mm. I think that being able to keep your own power, to keep your own strength, you can still be saying no, firm no, and have forgiveness. And I think that that's how we don't talk about it culturally, and we really need to. Yeah, you know, oh, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this uh, study that I saw in preparation for this episode, but I think now is kind of like an interesting way to to talk about it. You talking about the strength card and boundaries, because there was this study that came out. Um, it was by James McNulty. It came out of the University of Tennessee, and I have really mixed feelings about uh, this this work. Um, but he found that apparently when there's constant forgiveness, it actually has negative implications in relationships. Sure. And he, he talks about a longitudinal study. And so longitudinal study is, you know, just a study over a long period of time, um, that showed newlyweds that had, um, or there was an increase in physical and psychological aggression actually between couples who are constantly forgiving each other. And I feel like <laughs> the way that this is uh, portrayed puts forgiveness in a negative light. My issue with uh, studies like this that people could read and, and um, potentially uh, read or perceive incorrectly is that I don't think that forgiveness itself is what's leading to this increase in <laughs> <Right>. aggression. <laughs> It's like if you're constantly mm-hmm. in a state where someone's begging for forgiveness or you're constantly having to forgive your friend, your partner, your parent, whoever, um, clearly something needs to change. Clearly boundaries need to be implemented right. because something is, something's going wrong here. Uh, some, there's an issue with going back to what you said, you're being violated again. So if you do find yourself in a position where you're constantly struggling with forgiveness, whether it's, oh my God, I feel like I have to forgive this person again. I just forgave them, you know, a month ago or two weeks ago. Then it's like, okay, what is happening? What patterns are existing? Mm -hmm. You know, what boundaries have you not set that you need to reevaluate and say, hey, this is, this is not something that I can continue to participate in. You know, I won't tolerate this because that's where I guess the study is correct. Because if there is constant forgiveness, you're going to harbor a lot of resentment and a lot of anger and frustration towards, you know, whoever it is you're constantly forgiving, not because you have to forgive, but because of the behavior that's causing you to have to feel like you have to forgive. I, right. Exactly. So we need to consider the word compassion along with this. Mm. And I think what you're describing is exactly right. Forgiveness is not a good tool if the person keeps violating you. But if 
another way of looking that, at that is sort of saying, um, instead of I have to forgive, I have to have compassion. And in some mm. cases, that is enough. In some cases, it's you can sort of shift your mindset and say, this person is not actually violating me. This person is disappointing me because of my own expectations, or this person is actually trying their best, but like keeps making honest mistakes, but is actually trying. And so I'm going to have some compassion there. That's different. But if the person, I mean, I used to say, sorry is as sorry does, you know, like, Mm -hmm. let's see what happens. And if the person continues to violate you and then says, please forgive me. Yeah. You, you got to walk away. That feels like six of swords to me. Oh, I'm so glad you said six of swords because I pulled six of swords. It's such a six of swords. You know, I, like I wasn't sure if I was going to yeah. talk about this, but I think I'm going to. Like many years ago, I was in a, a complicated relationship and it was a complicated relationship where I ended up getting hurt multiple ter- times. And I'm sure the other person would say that they were hurt as well. But nevertheless, it was a complicated relationship. And there was a pretty big violation. And I was really in a bad position. Like life was complicated. There were lots of factors. There were many people involved. And I had to sort of make a decision. Like, is this going to be it? Do I blow up everything or do I really practice forgiveness? And it was, I thought of it as forgiveness. It was sort of framed to me as like, you either like you end this or you forgive this. Mm -hmm. And I deliberately engaged in forgiveness and it was hard, but kind of amazing because to this day, that rupture doesn't bother me. I mean, like a little, but not really. I I still am in a place of being able to be like, you know what? It's over. It's done. I, I, I put it in its grave. However, I didn't have good boundaries. I don't regret that act of forgiveness because it gave me peace. I do sort of regret. Regret is kind of complicated. I understand why I did it. I have forgiveness for myself here. But it may have been wise to have also ended and six of swords at that point because behaviors continued and it wasn't the same Mm. stuff, but I mean, it was again, violation after violation. And eventually I did six of swords always reminds me of this situation. There was such sadness, Mm. such just uh, like, I just give like mercy. I'm done and having to go away, but I still don't regret that original sense of forgiveness. It's taken me years, almost decades to begin to get to a place of forgiveness for the other violations. I'm working on it. I think, thank you so much for sharing something so personal because I think you're not alone in that experience. I think so many people listening are going to be able to say, oh yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm, I'm happy to know that, you know, I'm not the only one here who's, you know, maybe still only a year into this like forgiveness journey and trying to fully figure out what that means for me. And the way you describe that experience, especially with the six of swords is it's like, you're choosing to forgive in the light of radical acceptance, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, what you were saying a few minutes ago, because it means you had to let something go and usually letting something go, especially in terms of kind of what you're talking about is releasing a narrative that we had about someone or releasing Mm -hmm. a narrative that we had about ourselves or a narrative that we had created for what our future was going to be. Yes. And, you know, when we work really hard to create, you know, these stories and these, these fantasies about, you know, who we are, and then someone does something to kind of completely invalidate or destroy that work. 
it's it's really debilitating and delaying forgiveness or or avoiding kind of radical acceptance really just means we we're holding on to the story that that we've that we've written or this narrative that we've created even though the narrative can't move forward it's like it's like you've opened up a book and you're in the middle of the book and it just ends, but you don't want to close the book. You're like waiting for the author to magically put like the rest of the story in the book, but it's like, that's not possible. And, you know, when we forgive or we're in that position that you were just talking about of forgiving within the the confines of radical acceptance, it's almost like we're granting ourselves permission to, to write something new. And we're, we're giving the other person a chance to write a new story. So it's like, Hey, okay, you have your book. I have my book and we get to decide what characters we're going to play in our own stories moving forward. Oh, I love the way you talked about that. I mean, and I think that one of the key questions is, are we going to co-author this book or like, do you right. go over there and I'll go over here right. and write my own book? And, you know, I, I kind of, maybe there's three books, right? right. <laughs> you know, which is usually the case, your story, their story. And then, you know, <laughs> the unbiased story. <laughs> <laughs> if there is such a thing. Right, exactly. If there is such a yeah. thing, for sure. You know, right before we started recording, I pulled a card and I was like, ooh, this will be interesting. And it's just been sitting here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's Three of Wands. Oh, the, the the Three of Wands, the famous Three of Wands. Yeah. <laughs> the chameleon card. I, you know, for this one, it feels like so like interesting and juicy. I liked it a lot more than that Eight of Swords in the beginning. Because this is where we come into a place of empowerment of mm-hmm. I three of wands is this sort of like, I've kind of started on a journey, but I don't know where I'm going. And I think oh, that yeah. that's what the beginning of forgiveness looks like this. Okay. I don't like feeling this way. I don't like having this revenge fantasy every morning in the shower, which I'm sure lots of people can relate to. I don't like sort of gnawing on this bone. It's robbing me of my life. And I'm so tired of giving, continuously giving this person power over me. They're taking up a lot of space in my head. And I want to be free of this. But justice card, like my sense of revenge and justice, I don't want to give it to them. And so here I stand not sure what direction to go. How do I free myself while still holding the other person accountable? And Mm. uh, there's a leap of faith that has to happen there. Oh gosh. I love everything you just said. While also holding the other person accountable. I think also holding the other person accountable is saying you, you don't get to decide. I think that's where Mm. that, that three of wands is actually really powerful because when we, are in that eight of swords moment, you know, kind of like the beginning of this episode, we are stuck in a constant loop of, of replay reruns just like over Mm -hmm. and over. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, what's that saying? Like groundhog's day over and over again. And three of wands gives us the opportunity to look forward instead of just looking backwards. And there's, you know, or, or just looking in front of us and, and see what truly exists beyond what was. Because when we exist in the past, what, what did happen 
we experience depression and Mm -hmm. depression is debilitating and keeps us stuck. So I love that you brought up three of wands. It's actually a huge card of empowerment right now because it's saying you have the opportunity to grow in a way that you want to grow, not in a way that you feel like this person is causing you to to grow or not to grow based on, on what happened. So it's a card of personal power. Yeah. It's sort of saying, you don't get to have a say in my story anymore, mm-hmm. but I'm the author of my story. And as long as I continue to write you into it, we're going to have a problem. So I need to take the story over for myself. Thank you so much for listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at The Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.